Come on. All right. So look to your neighbor, say, praise the Lord. Look back to your other neighbor, say, okay. I mean, look at your other neighbor, say, praise the Lord again. Because they just did it, so. Amen, amen. Welcome to Elevate. We meet every Friday at 7 p.m. Elevate. Amen. It's good to see you guys. If you're watching live, I'm Joseph O'Neill. I'm the youth director here. And we're starting a new sermon series. If I could get some water, please. It's right over there. Um, I don't know where Oscar went, but if Oscar is here, if you can give me a water bottle, it's right there. But mouth's a little parched today. I'm a gym teacher, and uh, I just want to give a quick praise account. Oh, thank you, Daryl. Appreciate it. I want to give praise account. I got surgery like maybe three months ago, and I'm almost fully recovered. So I'm able to like move around now. Praise God, for real. Man, I was getting I was getting restless, man. I really wanted to like just play some basketball. It's like really I still can't play basketball, so that kinda kinda bums me out. But man, praise the Lord. I'm healing, I'm recovering, it's going by quickly. So that's something to praise God for. And on that same note, the new sermon series is Hallelujah. Everybody say Hallelujah. Say it like you're from one of those Southern Baptist churches. Hallelujah. The key to that is to get real low and get that raspiness. Hallelujah. There you go. I see you, son. You're reaching for it. You got to reach down low, all right? And you'll get out that southern, southern rasp, right? We have a, our pastor, Pastor Joe. He really got it. If he said hallelujah trying to do that, it would sound exactly like that. But, um, yeah, so today we're talking about praise and worship, right? And the sermon series is hallelujah. And for... This month, we really want to encourage you guys to think about what it means to worship. Um, we want to get a greater understanding of why we worship, what exactly it is, why we even praise God. I mean, how many have ever heard of the word hallelujah, like used in service, right? We just sang a song, right? Hallelujah, right? My pray, I shout a hallelujah, right? Sing a hallelujah louder than my enemies, right? We, we just sang a song that had hallelujah. But how many of you actually know what that word means? It's a big thing, right? Like for me as a person, and maybe I can also, it's one of my pet peeves is to do things and say things that I have no idea what it means, right? That's why I sometimes annoy my wife and I'm like, hey, what does this word mean in Spanish, right? Like, hey, how do you say that? Like, she's always saying words that can mean multiple things in Spanish. How many of you are trying to learn Spanish in here and you see that and you're getting frustrated, right? It's like they say, like, what's one word that you say that I'm just like confused with because it's like it can mean multiple things. She says, like, haber, right, haber, like, it can mean, like, here, take it, there, right, and I'm just, like, make it plain to me, make it plain, you know, but for me, that's a pet peeve. I want to know what exactly I'm saying. I want to know exactly what I mean, so I want to share that pet peeve with you. What does hallelujah even mean, right? Why do we say hallelujah? You see, it's nothing complicated. It's not a big thing, but it's a combination of two Hebrew words that I won't even get into. And they come together, and it simply means praise God. Praise God. Nothing complicated, right? Simply means praise God. But more specifically, it means praise Yahweh, all right? Hallelujah, right? Jah, it's, it's Yah, right? Praise Yah, Yahweh. Yahweh is the name of our God. That means the Muslim God. A lot of people want to say, Oh, 
the Muslims, they have the same God as the Christians, the the same God as the Hindus. No, 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 no. They have Allah is not the name of Yahweh. We have to understand that. There's a different God there. Uh, Buddha and all the gods in Hinduism, Buddha is a boot, like that's Buddhism, but they don't really have a God. But Buddha's not Yahweh. We can't say praise Buddha, praise God, right? No, no. Hallelujah is specifically a Christian term. It's for the God in the Bible. So no one can say hallelujah except people who believe in our God. Now, there's an awesome video about that Bible project. If you ever get a chance, you're on YouTube, I'll give you some productive time to spend on YouTube. Always ch- check out the Bible project, see what they're saying. But there's a great video explaining this, and I will do my best to help us understand it as well. But if we can go to Psalm 148, we're going to do this together, right? We're going to read Psalm 148 together, all right? So if you got your Bibles, you can get it out of there. Psalm, no, Psalm chapter 148, sorry. Psalm chapter 148. All right, when it says praise the Lord, I want you guys to say praise the Lord. Or when it says praise him, say praise him, okay? You guys with me? It's a group activity. Praise him, right? You can even say it like that, praise him. All right, ready? We're going to start at three. One, two, three. One, two, three. From the heavens and the heights above, all his angels, all his heavenly hosts, sun and moon, all you shining stars. You highest heavens, you water, your waters above the skies, let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. From the earth, you great sea creatures in all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted, his splendor is above the earth and the heavens, and he has raised us up for his people a horn. And praise all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Amen, amen. That right there was a call to praise the Lord. So it usually in the Bible, it's more so like what people do here. Like when Daryl or Libni or Brianna or Bethany, they say, come on, let's praise the Lord. Let's give him a hand clap. It's a call and it's an invitation for all of us to praise the Lord, to sing a hallelujah, right? We... When people say hallelujah, it's a call for you to praise God, to praise the Lord. Now, here's the thing. You see, if we can go a little bit higher, uh, just as you're seeing the people and the things that we listed, that's heaven and earth. You see, this psalm is saying that all of heaven and all of earth, the angels above, the creatures below, the men here and, and, and the, 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 the birds in the sky, the animals in the sea, everything in all creation Praise the Lord. So that's exactly what's happening here. You see, all of it is meant to praise God. But there's really no reason at first given as to why we praise God. When we first get into this, it just simply tells you to praise the Lord. It doesn't tell you why to praise the Lord. It just assumes that you know that this Lord is worth praising, that he himself is praiseworthy. That's what we have to understand we're learning today that God is praiseworthy, not just because of what he's done. Before anything that he's done, 
He who he is, he's praiseworthy. That's who he is in his nature. That's who he is in his personhood. He himself, he is praiseworthy. If we can go to Psalm 1846, you see, at first it tells us, praise the Lord. It doesn't give us a reason why, but then it later on gives us a reason why. The, the reason why we do praise the Lord is because he's praiseworthy. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. We don't have to complicate it. He who he is, he deserves your worship. He deserves your praise. When we look at Psalm 1846, it says, The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God, my Savior. If we can go to um, the NET version. The NET version, please. The NET says it a little bit better. If you guys want to know, that's actually the translation I usually read. So, if you're like, man, what, is, what, Bible, what Bible translation does Job be read? Like you care if you do care, right? It's the N-E-T, right? So it says right here, the Lord is alive. My protector is praiseworthy. The God who delivers me is exalted as king. So you're going to have to probably look that up. If you can't find it, it's okay. I read it here. So real quick, one thing we have to understand is the Lord is praiseworthy. And the first thing, the first thing we have to realize as to why is because the Lord is alive. The Lord is alive. When we speak of Jesus, when we speak of Yahweh, when we speak of this God, we're not speaking of someone that used to live. You guys really have to get that in your heads. We're not speaking of like, we're not like here being like, oh, Abraham Lincoln, you were so honest, right? We're not, we're not just singing songs of dudes who used to live. We're singing songs to the God that is alive. We're not talking about a God who is dead. We're not talking about a God who used to do the things that were in the Bible. We're talking about, God, about a God who is still active. He's still in control. He still has power. His word still matters. So the Lord is alive. He's active, and he can hear us unlike other gods. You see, because these other gods from these other religions, they can't hear, and they can't answer prayers. Literally, there's mocking in the Bible about these other gods, that if a, if a storm was to happen, right, the other people actually save their gods. They have to pick up their idols and, and run with them. But our God, right, he commands the storms. Our God, he's praised by the storms. See, our God is alive. So when you come here to worship or when you're at your house singing songs to the Lord, you're not just singing to a brick wall. When I first came to Elevate when I was 16, I came with a couple friends of mine, and uh, the youth pastor at the time, he would always play his guitar, and he would play it for a long period of time, maybe throughout the whole word. So sometimes I remember we would literally be standing at the altar the whole time, and my friend was like, man, I tried praying, but all I am is talking to a brick wall. There's no one there. And when I was in high school, I didn't really know how to talk to that. I didn't know how to really deal with that. I knew that God was alive. I knew that he heard me. But that's because I knew who he was. I had experienced God, and I knew he was alive. And it's hard for us, and we'll get to that later, it's hard for us to really trust the Lord because we've never known him. We've never experienced him. We can just simply go by word of mouth. But you see, my friend, if he would have continued to worship God, if he would have continued to seek God, that would show that he had faith. 
And the Bible says that it takes faith to seek God. There's a guy who said that faith, right, leads to seeking, right? Faith, then you understand. You seek, then you understand. You're not going to get it at first. You're not going to understand it at first. When you come here and you're worshiping the Lord, you're not going to be like, oh, well, I'm wor-. like, it's not mathematics. Like, you have one plus one equals two type of logic. It requires faith. And that, that faith is not just blind belief, but it's trust. You trust that what the word, God, word of God says about reality and how God is listening and how he cares about us and how he hears us, you trust that that's true. And when you sing these songs, God hears you, right? And, God, and, and you're having this experience with God because in order for something to be praiseworthy, there has to have, have some type of worth to it. I'm getting into, uh, well, I'm trying to understand this thing called NFTs. Anybody ever heard of NFTs? Anybody ever heard of NFTs? We have a few people. Raise your hand if you ever heard of NFTs. Come on. Come on. NFTs, they're called non-fungible tokens. It's stuff that's real and is not real. It's stuff that matters and don't matter all at the same time. You see, there's things that are non-fungible. That means non-replaceable. I just drank out of this water bottle, Right? No one else can say they have a water bottle like this one. I drank out of it. I've touched it and everything. It's mine. Okay? I value this thing. Okay? This is my water bottle. Now, if you start to believe that it is just as valuable as I say it is, right? Now, you believe it's valuable too. That means it has some value to it. That means now I can sell this for like a couple hundred thousand, right? That's kind of how NFTs work. That's, it's silly. I, I still don't really understand it that much. But the whole thing about value is this, is that you start to begin to think that something is worthy. And we all have different things. Like, like for example, some of you are next to your friend. And if your friend was drowning and someone you didn't know that was probably in the row behind you was drowning, you'd probably save your friend because you value his life more, just being realistic here, right? Now, now here's the thing. God is valuable without us putting value on him. That's what we have to understand. We don't need to understand or recognize or attribute worthiness to God. God himself, without you or with you, he's already praiseworthy. You see, it says right here, my protector is praiseworthy. It says then, N-E-T. And the Lord and who he is, he is praiseworthy. He's a protector. He's praiseworthy. He's the savior. He's the deliverer. Think about this. Before there was a person to love, God was still love. Before Adam and Eve were made, before the seas and the earth and the waters were established, before the galaxies and the billions of stars were put in its place, God was still praiseworthy. God has always been praiseworthy. And the praiseworthiness doesn't decrease or increase based on how loud you get, based on how much you worship. Listen, we could never even get to the praise that God is worthy of. If we filled every stadium on earth with people that were willing to sing songs to the Lord, God would still get, not get the praise that he deserves. If we were to fill every planet with the stadium that filled billions of people that were singing to the Lord, God would still not get the praise that he deserves. See, God is worthy of praise. It's who he is. 
But you have to acknowledge that for your own sake. For your own sake, you should acknowledge that God is praiseworthy because, right, if we don't praise God, we were still made to praise. And that's one thing we're going to get into. If we don't praise God, we were still made to praise, and eventually we'll praise the wrong thing or the wrong things. See, the thing is, you're like probably thinking, well, how am I supposed to see God is worthy? We can't see God. And that's kind of obvious, right? No, duh, right? You can't see God. It's matter of fact, if we're just going based off sight, right? I mean, you can see this water bottle, but you, more than you can see God. That's, that's the truth. God is invisible. He's spirit. He's not flesh. So we have to acknowledge that we're, again, basing it off faith. But we don't always just rely on, on this blind faith. That's not really what I'm trying to tell you guys. See, we have faith in God for what he's also done, what he's done for us. See, God, even though he doesn't need to reach out to us and show us who he is, he does it anyway. Everybody say praiseworthy. You see, he's praiseworthy, right, himself, but what he's done is praiseworthy. How many of you were five years old, six years old, right, and you drew something that you thought was, was amazing? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Catherine's like all the time. You, you just showed Daryl. Look at Daryl. Look at this drawing right here. I do that too with Karina. I'm like, hey, babe, look what I drew. She said, oh, that's nice, right? But how many of you were little and you, you drew something? And then you said, hey, look at this. Look at this. This is awesome. And then your parents were like, oh, that's so good, right? So good. And it was like the ugliest picture ever, right? How many of y'all experienced that, right? You were praised for your drawing. Now, your drawing was not praiseworthy. Let's just be honest, okay? Those stick figures, that crooked smile, that lopsided head, right? All those things, right? Um, dude has six fingers, right? I mean, he had three eyes, or if you want to call that a nose, I don't know, right? That wasn't praiseworthy. But you were still praised for it. It was something you did, okay? It's quite the opposite with God. See, God, what he has done is so beautiful that it, it, it causes people to praise him. It causes people to praise him. Can we go to Psalm chapter 78? Verses 1 through 4. And listen, guys, if you want to learn about worship and how to, like, praise God, you need to read the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is how you learn to praise God. When the early Christians, right, were, were meeting together, they would sing these things. And sometimes they would even now add twists to it because they knew Christ had resurrected. So now they would know what these verses mean in light of that. So I just encourage you guys, read the book of Psalms, a Psalm a day. All right, it says right here, my people hear my teaching, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. Everybody say grandpapa. Everybody say grandmama. So these things our ancestors have told us, we will not hide them from our descendants we will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds. Everybody say praiseworthy. Praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. So we have to get this, right? 
what God has done. That means there's a past thing that God has done. There are things that God has done that we can look back and say, wow, God is worthy of praise. When I first became a Christian, I remember coming over the stories of the Bible and just being amazed by God. The very fact that he split the sea, the fact that he destroyed one of the greatest empires in the world, right, brought them to their knees because he loved his people. The fact that he, right, rose people from the dead, healed the blind, healed the sick, healed the lame. Wow. I was in awe of God. I, I really couldn't. Every time I literally, I, every time I was in prayer, I pictured these things in my mind. These are the things that I had not yet, I had not experienced, right? I never experienced waters being split in half, but I believe it happened. I trust it happened. I know that God did that. I wasn't there when God created the heavens and the earth. But man, what a crazy thing that he did. That he was able to speak the world into existence. That he was able to craft humans like us. People that could have free will, that could think, that could move, that could create art. The, the fact that he was able to create us. See, the things that he's done, he's praiseworthy. But then not only that, there were things that I heard and had seen. Right? There were things that I had heard. Growing up, I heard that my mom was healed of lupus, a disease that was hard to really get rid of medically. I'd heard that. I've seen people just fall out in the presence of God, shaking because God's power. Right? I've heard all these miracles, people that couldn't walk, get up and walk. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. God is praiseworthy. I would praise him for that. Then I experienced him when I was 18. And I realized that the freedom that God gave me was exactly like the freedom that he had given all these people I heard about. When I read that Jesus had set the captives free, when people called on the name of Jesus and they would be redeemed and forgiven, all that stuff I had read in the Bible, I experienced it at that moment. So the things that I've seen from the Lord, I now knew to praise him for it. But here's the thing with Psalm 78 is saying is that we shouldn't just hide it now. You see, because we praise God, we should desire all people to praise God. Now, I'm not saying this, right, that you just grab someone, you're like, man, you're going to praise God. Praise God, right? I'm not saying that, right? We're not forcing people physically to praise the Lord, right? But, man, dude, if you knew what I experienced, if you knew the change that God had done in my heart, if you knew the freedom that I experienced, the joy that I experienced, man, you would praise God. So this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to see and hear these things, praise God, and then what? Say hallelujah to these people. Say praise the Lord now. This is what the, God, this is what the Lord has done. See, that is, that is what we have to do if we truly believe God is praiseworthy. If we've seen his, what he's done and said, man, those deeds, they're praiseworthy. Those things that he's done, what he has done in this person's life, what he's done in that person's life, man, God is good. Right? So we, we have to know. We have to know what he has done. Right? We have to know what he has done if we are to say the things that he has done is praiseworthy. That means, listen, Peter, right, when he's in the boat... And he sees the storms, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, he sees this freaky-looking figure coming out of nowhere, and he's like, oh, snap, that's Jesus. And then he now 
could experience something, but he has to first step out the boat. That means he has to experience the Lord. He has to follow Jesus. You won't experience nothing. You won't have anything to share. You won't have anything to praise God for if you don't follow Jesus. And if you don't, you're missing out. Just imagine with me for a second if, no, if Mo, uh, Moses, he saw that burning bush. He was like, dang, this is freaky right here. I'm leaving. Just imagine right now if Noah, he hears the Lord and he's like, man, build an ark. That's too hard. Now imagine if, if you know, let's say Peter, right, he sees Jesus. Instead of getting off the boat and walking on the boat, what he does is he stays in the boat scared. You see, we need to experience these deeds in order to praise God for them. And even though you're young, you don't have to depend on your parents to walk you through every experience with Jesus. Because you need to praise God. You don't just stick with your parents as they praise God. You praise God. You're not just experiencing the Lord through your friends and family. There's a saying, God is nobody's grandfather. He's nobody's uncle. He's not the heavenly uncle. He's not the heavenly grandfather. He's either your heavenly father or, man, dude, you're, you're in trouble. You really don't know him. You either know God as an intimate father or you don't know him at all. So what has, what praiseworthy thing has happened to you that God has done? I want you to think about it. Do you have anything that comes to your head? I'm not trying to make you feel bad about it, but the chances are is you haven't experienced Jesus then. Maybe you have, right? Maybe you have, but you just don't share it with anybody. You should share it with others, so that we can all praise the Lord. When I hear some testimonies, man, I want to praise God. When I hear testimonies like my wife's testimony, Oscar's testimony, right? Mildred's testimony, Catherine's testimony, Andre, you talk to all these people, right? Gia's testimony. When I hear these testimonies, I want to praise the Lord. Right, you guys have a testimony too. You guys have seen praiseworthy deeds that the Lord has done. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family so we can praise the Lord because he is truly praiseworthy. Now, if we can go to Romans eleven thirty six, Everybody say praiseworthy. I want you guys to get that through your mind. Whenever you come to worship the Lord, it's not about your feelings. Man, I don't feel like singing today. It's not about your feelings. Your feelings aren't worthy to listen to. Your feelings aren't worth the time that you give it. But there is someone who's worthy to listen to, someone worthy to praise, and that's God. Verse 36 says, for from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Simple verse, but there's so much truth. This is echoing John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through him and by him, and nothing that, had been, nothing that was made was made without him. Right? Everything that was made was made through Jesus, for Jesus, from Jesus. That means everything from your mind to your head to your toes to your crocs on your feet. All of that was made from Jesus, right, from his mind to your mind. For Jesus, to Jesus, everything, everything from the skies to the seas, all things, everything we read in that psalm is made for Jesus, from him and through him and to him are all things. That means you. That means you. You were made from him, through him, 
and for him. So that means you should praise him. Simple is that you were made to praise God. You were made to praise God. Why? What do you think Paul's thinking about when he's writing this? He's thinking about everything he sees. He's thinking about the hills and the skies, the beauty of creation. He's thinking about his, the, the people he's seeing walk down the street. And he's saying, Christ made them all. They should all praise him. Because they were made for him. They were made to glorify him. You see, we worship God. We don't determine whether he's worthy of worship. We don't, we're, we don't come to God and judge whether we should worship him or not. God is already worthy of worship. We shouldn't have to convince you to worship God. We should just simply be teaching you how to. Because when we come to God, we acknowledge this verse. That everything was made for him and through him, from him. You see... The things that you think about, like in, in, in math class and in, in science class, yeah, all that thing was made for him. The, the career that you want, listen, that was made for him. Everything. When we come here and we use our voices, we use the breath in our lungs, all those things were made for him. Don't get it twisted. It wasn't made for you. It doesn't say for from him and through him and for Karina are all things, or for Oli are all things. It, it, it says, for him are all things. This is for Christ. This is for Christ. This isn't for you to be seen. This isn't for you to uh, be praised, right? We don't praise God to be praised, right? If you guys want to one day be on a, on a worship team and you want to use your talents and gifts, you better not want to be praised for it. Because how are you going to praise God in order to be praised? That's a bit of a contradiction, right? That's you saying the one who, he's not praiseworthy, I'm praiseworthy. Understand that. Make it simple. When you come to worship Jesus, acknowledge who he is. Make it about him. It's for him. It's to him. There's, it's for, not for anybody else. And if you don't, if I could have Daryl come up to the keys, please. And if you don't know, like, you're saying, okay, I hear you. You're saying God is praiseworthy. I get that. You're saying what God has done is praiseworthy. I get that. But I just never seen it. I want to let you know and remind you, right, that what Jesus did on the cross was for everyone. It was for everyone. It was for you, whether you were in Elevate or before you are in Elevate, before you stepped foot in church, Jesus died for you. When you were still sinning, Jesus died for you. While you were still saying, no, I don't want God, Jesus died for you. And he died so that you could live. What's the beginning of this passage or, or this sermon? I said the Lord lives. The Lord is alive, right? The Lord who is alive sent Jesus to die so that we could live with him. That's enough to praise him for. That God would sacrifice his one and only son. Perfect, blemish-free, never sinned. Jesus never sinned, yet he died for us. That never gets boring to me. That right there makes me want to praise God. But you got to believe it. you got to really believe it. This isn't just a belief like, yeah, I know it happened. Like, yeah, I know that's a fact, but it has no type of 
bearing on my life. It has no type of effect on my life. If this, if this, fact, this fact has no effect, then it's not a fact to you. What it is is just a story, a fairy tale. You have to really believe what I'm saying. You have to really believe what the scripture is saying. Then you'll understand that God is praiseworthy. But let's say you do believe, right? If I can have my altar workers come up, please. Let's say you do believe. You do believe in Jesus, but for some reason, you don't praise God, right? You don't, you don't sing to him. You don't worship him. You read the scriptures. They're kind of boring to you. Man, I, I really, I, wanna, I, want you, I wanna challenge you to come up. What you need to do is have a new view of the Lord. You have to have a fresh view of the Lord. You need to see him not just for some ancient story, but you need to see God for who he is even today, right? The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He's what holds all things together. You got to understand that the reason why things are held together, the reason why things work the way they do is because Jesus holds it together. Without God, there would be nothing. Nothing is made without God. You guys have something that you like more than Jesus. Without Jesus, that thing wouldn't even exist. You got someone you're interested in. Listen, it, it, without Jesus, that person wouldn't exist. You got a hobby. You like to do sports. You wouldn't even have legs to stand on if it wasn't for Christ. You like to listen to music. You wouldn't have music if it wasn't for Jesus. You got to understand all things were made from him and through him and for him. Everything you do, right, is a result of this. So you should praise God for that. You should praise the Lord. You should praise the Lord that you have a life. You should praise the Lord that you have a mind. You should praise the Lord that you have legs and hands and, and ears and can see. You should praise God for everything. You guys could all stand up, please. Now the altar call is simple. You see, word, praise is greater than just singing songs. We're going to continue to learn that. Uh, but we want to worship with all our hearts and all our minds, right? But we can't do that if we don't know who we worship. You see what I was saying earlier? If you don't know God, you're not going to praise God. If you don't know God, you're not going to praise God. And my challenge to you is the reason why you may come to Elevate and you may be like saying, man, I just, I'm tired of singing songs. Part of that may be because you don't know the God we're singing to. It really is that simple. You may not know God, but hey, there's good news. What I was talking about earlier, Jesus dying for us, that's the only way you can know God. You can know him today. Come to these altars, repent of your sins, leave them here, and praise God for the rest of your life. Because Jesus died and he lives today. He rose again. Our Lord is alive. We're talking to a God who's alive. He hears your prayers. You're not talking to a brick wall. You're not talking to empty space. God fills this space. And he's here right now. So that's if you want to come and know Jesus. Now, if you do know Jesus, you are born again, right? You have a relationship with God. But there is this uncomfortability with praising God. You get nervous. You think about other people. That might be the fear of man. That may be people pleasing. You want to fit in the crowd. Listen, as Christians, we're not called to fit in the crowd. We're called to, to be separate, to, be, to stand out. And that may be you. 
will pray for you right now. And if you need healing right now, any type of healing, someone in your life needs healing, we want to see a praiseworthy deed. We want to see God come through. But you got to come up and let's pray for that right now. If everyone can bow their heads and close their eyes. I want you guys simply to, those things I said, think about it, reflect on it. Do you know Jesus? Do you know the God that you claim to worship? Do you know the God that you claim to worship? I don't want to hear, I know, the, I know of the God. I've heard of this God. No, do you know personally the God that you worship? If you don't, you should come up to the altars. And don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. When I stepped to these altars at 18 years old, it was the best decision of my life. My life has never been the same. My life has never been the same. You want to know Jesus. He'll change your life. Now, if you have struggles, like I said, with worshiping God, you're saying, man, I'm born again. I believe in Jesus, but, you know, I'm just afraid of what people will think. Listen, you need to come up to these altars. We'll pray for you. You don't need, you don't need to care what people think. You just need to care what God thinks. But sometimes that's harder said than done. We want to walk you through that. As Daryl sings, you can come up to these altars, but they're open. Meet the Lord here. Have some testimonies here. See what God can do here. Learn that he's praiseworthy here. Learn that he's praiseworthy here. Continue to pray. Continue to pray right now. Maybe think of some people that you can you can share the testimonies that God has done in your life so that they can come to praise God.
Hallelujah. We'll say a prayer of dismissal. You'll be free to go, but I just want to let you know, when you know God and you think about Him, perspectives change. Your vision changes. How you go through circumstances change. And that's why when you see a lot of people in the Bible, like Paul in prison, in prison he wasn't he wasn't whining, he wasn't calling out for justice, he wasn't screaming, set him free, he's innocent. What he was doing was praising God. He was praising God in a prison cell. And I just want to encourage you guys throughout your week. I don't know what you go through throughout your week. I'd like to know. You can always share with us. But simply praise God this week. Don't grumble. Don't complain. Don't, don't focus on those things. Just focus on the Lord and how he's praiseworthy and begin to praise him. Father, I thank you, Lord, for everyone here. Lord, I pray that we would come to understand just how worthy you are, Lord. That God, that, that, that view of you, that view that you are praiseworthy, that understanding that you created the heavens and the earth, Lord, and you deserve praise. God, I pray that that would be a thought on our minds for all our days, God. That we would praise you, Lord, with our families. We would praise you with our friends. We'd praise you in church. We'd praise you in our homes, Lord. God, let our tongues, let our lungs be filled with your praise, Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. You're free to go. If you still need prayer, we'll be right here for you guys.